hardest thing I've ever done, but it's progression, not perfection. You know what I mean? Every day I try to be a little better, but I don't try, I actually do it. You know what I mean? Trying is lying. I am a better person. Every day when I go to sleep, I know I'm good. Yeah, I say trying is lying. Either you do or you don't, will or you won't. It's the truth. I'm trying, babe, I was trying to do the dishes or, no, I got my lazy behind up off the couch and did the 10 dishes real quick before you got home from work. to another podcast silencing a stigma today austin's here i'm here and we have two uh special guests with us we have liz and matt matt and i met downtown feeding the homeless probably about two months ago i think probably about two months ago around christmas time yep christmas time and he has a story we're gonna start he's gonna start this podcast telling us what happened before he came here today oh man well, basically, yeah, so I was just sitting on, I was sitting on the bed, and I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, it's like 2.45, I got to be over here by 3, it was only, I wasn't sure if she was going to be home first to pick me up, to bring me here, because we don't live far. So Liz is his girlfriend. So yeah, he that's says my fiance. She, his fiance. We've been together for, when have we been together now? 2011. Yeah. 2021. 10, 10 years. Okay. Known each other since we were kids, 17, how old were you, 15? Yeah. So. so yeah, I was sitting on the bed, and I was reading the Bible, and I was thinking about, um, thinking about God's love because I went to church this morning that's what we were talking about God's love for us and um, I go to open the window to get a little air in the room and uh, I find a bullet in the windowsill so now I mean so anyway I was sitting in I have this little chair I have like we got the the bed we have this you know a bed big bed Um, and in between the bed and the closet I have my dresser and then I have like you know the game chairs yeah, yeah. like so I got this the thing behind yeah, me and all it's my chair bro yeah. so I got Alexa I'll put the Alexa next to me on the bureau and I'll watch it and we got a little keyboard I got the keyboard on top of the bureau so I'll you know make beats or play the piano whatever yeah. but um long story short I'm sitting on my chair the other day when what Friday, Friday night Friday night and all you hear is bang bang and then bang 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 so I swore I felt something. I just felt something come by my head. It almost felt like so. So um, so I jump on the ground. Like I literally like all right. So I got I've been shot. So I know whatever with the whole the whole what do you want to call it experiences. Mm-hmm. So normally I don't get scared if I hear gunshots, but this time I got so and I don't get scared. So I jumped on the ground and I like so I came over out of the bedroom to the uh, what do you call it the steps the thing. You know? The hallway. And, uh, you know, I thought, I got to go down. I j- dove down the steps. I got to them. But then it was over, you know. So we got shook. We went out to eat. And then, uh, long story short, so I'm going to the window, and I find the bullet today. I knew I wasn't crazy. You know, so it did. It was right there. Scary. That is scary. That's weird. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so God, I was thinking about God's love for us, and that automatically was like, I mean, come on. If you believe in that, then, yeah. That was God showing me, like, look, dude, I'm telling you, like, you know, whatever he's telling me, do something with your life. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a reason. That's why I try to do what I try to do to help people, because your life can end like this. You know what I mean? And then you got a kid, and then your kid's the one who suffers. So it's not like your kid's going to be at your funeral and be like, oh, yeah, my dad was the man in jail. He had all the soups, or my dad was the man on these streets. But no, they're going to be thinking, why couldn't my dad change for me? You know what I mean? My dad never did that for me. And I don't say that in a bad way, God rest his soul, but I'm just saying he never had the opportunity. He didn't. He couldn't get out of his certain addictions. He couldn't beat that. But he did always, we went to church every Sunday, you know what I mean? I had okay. to go to confession every Saturday. I went to Catholic school my whole life. That was because of him. Maybe he just, you know, he just couldn't stop certain things. We talk about that. We meet people who just can't stop. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard. Like it's a disease. We we've and anybody that listens to our podcast, it's always con you know conflict. There is it a disease? Is it a choice? It doesn't matter if it's a disease or a choice. It affects so many people. So take us back. So Matt shared with me a little bit about his story um, through different chats when we're downtown. We don't have a whole lot of time to spend together because both Matt and I go out and talk to the people. 
Matt and I are probably the two that go out and reach out and want to hear the stories of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else just kind of like hands the food or the clothing. But great people. Matt, Matt and I are always trying to figure out who they are and what they're about and what their story is. And I take his. Yesterday I stole a guy from him. <laughs> I heard him talking about meetings, and I'm like, yeah, I have some information on the meeting. And I think I talked like 20 minutes after after Matt got finished with the... By the time he was done with you guys, he's like, okay. <laughs> he came back today. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Nice. So, so tell us a little bit about what was like growing up. Growing up? Uh, well, I mean, just like growing up was great, you know? I mean, it depends on how you look at it because it's like, all right, so for me, right? I'm 31, right? So people nowadays, kids... It's always a pity party. Everybody wants a pity party. Oh, my life was so hard. But the people before us had it so much harder. My dad had it, well, no, he had it pretty easy, but my mom had it way harder than I did. Her dad had it way harder. So, you know, I don't look at it like that. So to me, growing up was great. You know what I mean? Now, if you say like, all right, my mom was always there, but she always had, my mom was in school and, you know, had a full-time job. She had three kids by the time she was 26. So, I mean, 26 I didn't even have my own house by the time I was 26 so uh, she had her own house big we had a big house like a six-bedroom house in Fishtown down in Philly a uh, big house but um so yeah so I would go see my dad every other weekend to me that was normal I never understood it but I had a stepdad so that was just my life I had but uh yeah so he always did whatever he did you know I found out he was doing drugs uh he did heroin he did you know drugs he did them all but uh, he was always, you know, a dad. Yep. But um, so yeah. But I lo- I went to church. Always had to go to church. I went to public school for like until I was like twelve, fifth grade, and then I was like one of the only um, kids from my neighborhood there. So all the other kids would kind of pick on me, you know. So uh, my mom transferred me to Catholic school, and then um, so that was great. I found out about who God was, but I never understood it. Okay. Like, you know, they teach you they teach you everything, but you don't have the relationship. That's what Christianity is all about. It's not a religion. It's your relationship with God. That's all that's all that's all it is. So yeah. I had a relationship with the church, not with God, but uh Because I went to Catholic school as well, so you're pretty much I think we had mass every Friday morning at school. You know what? We definitely did yeah. do that. Yeah, I was an altar boy too, so oh, okay. I had to do the uh the bells and all. Okay. So, yeah, and that's just what you did. But to your point, all your life you go to Catholic school and you say, I'm Catholic, but what does that exactly mean? Yeah. I was asked that question by Austin a couple months ago. What does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. Because you literally went to church and you memorized what you had to say. You knew when you had to sit. You knew when you had to kneel. You knew how when yeah. you had to stand. And you know, Catholicism, yep. you know, it's like a, a sect of Christianity. Yeah. Because you could do it. So anyway, you know, I wanted to just say, you know, um, God's love. Everyone should, I think, I think, I think crazy the way my brain thinks. I think about everything. Like, so, all right, so if you think about Christianity and then you think science, so you can actually almost prove the Bible through science. I can't do it now, but there is ways to do it. Now, it just depends. So you could believe in Jesus. You could believe in there. Some believe in Allah. Some people believe in, you know, just, but the, it's God all in all. God is the Father. So that's weird. I actually wrote that down today at church. They were talking about, you need to worship all three. You need to be in relationship with all three of the, um, the, the, the trine, trinity. you call it. Yeah, the, okay. the, the, the trihead of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So um, whatever I was getting at with that. And that's well, interesting. The love of God, you were, you were talking about the love of oh, God. Oh, yes, yeah, so we were talking about, um, so some people might look at God like Allah. Some people might look at it like Jesus, you know. Some people will think that there was Allah, then the prophet Muhammad, you know what I mean? And then you got the nation of Islam. So in my in a certain way, it's like you got Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So it just looks on your beliefs. But I think you need to believe in something higher. You know, even if you don't necessarily believe in God, you need to believe in something higher than yourself because for the people that we're trying to reach, Where's that gotten you so far? You know, believing in yourself. They say in the Bible, pride comes before the fall. And then it also says on the flip side, humble yourself before the Lord and he'll exalt you on the wings like an eagle. And I 100,000% believe that. When my dad died, he didn't have no drugs in his system. Mm-hmm. Like, can you believe that? So what happened was before he died, he was, uh, so he, one day he, he thinks he must have been high. Who knows? <laughs> he thought he heard someone downstairs. 
So he comes out of his room, falls down the steps, breaks his leg, right? Now he's on crutches. Doesn't leave the house for two weeks. Now, I hadn't even talked to him, actually, in a while because, um, you know, me and him kind of weren't getting along. Okay. But he kept reaching out, and that's what messes me up. You know, he always tried to reach out to me, and I was like, nah, I'm cool, you know. You were never there for me before. Why do you want to be there for me now? And then, uh, you know, so... One day he was like, oh, let me go to Wawa to get a pack of cigarettes because he's in the house for two weeks because my family live on a cul-de-sac, right? So my grandparents lived here. My dad lives with them. Directly across the street, my aunt lives, my little cousins live, okay. literally directly across the street, right across the, you know? So uh, my cousin's coming home from work. He sees my dad walking up the street on the crutches that night, and he's like, oh, maybe I should give him a ride. But he's like, nah, he needs to get out. And that was the night he got hit. So he was, he gets off, he takes the bus. I mean, this is just his life, you know? Yeah. He jumps on the septa bus down on the corner, you know, goes down to Wawa. <laughs> Who knows Wawa's what he was? Wawa's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, everybody goes to Wawa. So yeah, he, he went up getting, he got, he gets off the bus, walks across the street, bam, gets smoked. And uh, yeah, so, but. And he died. He died three hit. days later, he went brain dead. So wow. when we're in the hospital, you know, the detective calls at one point and he's like, let me talk to the next of kin. I talked to him and he, I was like, you know, what happened? He's like, oh, we don't know. So the guy, um, so I asked all the people behind the thing, like, you know, my dad, my dad, because I was mad, like, oh, he was probably high, mm -hmm. walked across the street. And they're like, no, nah, he doesn't have any drugs. And I, said, nah. I wouldn't think they would lie to me about that. But, mm -mm. you that know. That just gave me the goosebumps. Then... The love of God, you know, he wound up becoming an organ. So the whole thing was, he was brain dead now. Three days later, they they do, um, you know, they tickle your toes. They gag you with the thing. And uh, they, they do something to see if you have any, you know, you have these reflexes that are natural. That even if your brain's dead, you'll still be able to do them. And he couldn't even do them anymore. But it was crazy because one night they were like, oh, yeah, he's going to come back. Me and my cousin go outside. We come back. They're like, oh, no, you know, he's not. I think they wanted his organs. They kept coming back and forth. Got my grandmom crying and all, all this crazy stuff. So at one point she was like, you know, he'll turn in his grave if we don't do this. He doesn't have no drugs in the system. Like maybe this is what God wanted. Mm -hmm. Cause it was up to me now. I had to sign the papers. At first it was up to them because, you know, they didn't know there was an ex to kin or whatever the situation was. But when I came to the hospital, they were like, I had to sign a DNR, do not resuscitate. But I was like, I'm not gonna sign that. At first they did, my grandpa signed it, but I didn't wanna do that. So now it was like, um, long story short, he was on drugs, he, he, you know, his stuff should've been all messed up. And they took his liver and his kidneys, and his kidneys actually uh, saved some guy. Like they called my grandma months later and they were like, yeah, you know, we gave these kidneys to this guy, so that's love. That's cool. Mm -hmm. that's, you know? So he saved someone. Mm -hmm. And he's still alive today, somebody's breathing because of his organs like all through the whole thing you could look at it completely differently though be like oh well they took my dad now this person gets to live and this guy's not even in jail and his kid gets to have a dad or you think like wow look what god actually did through that all right. these people if they believe it to be god's love now they all receive it that's did you like believe people. that god's love at that point or were you not close to no god i didn't that have time? you nothing. were just angry oh yeah i was mad Okay. I was mad at the world, so you know you wind up taking it out on yourself, and then you know you don't even know you're taking it out on the ones around you, and then you know, so eventually though, God came into my life and you know just made it better. How did God come into your life? Did some? I mean, was that the situation that caused you to open up to God, or was? Well, nah, not per se. So like in in uh, 2012, 2012. Yeah, my mom had a brain tumor, and uh, so we had a crazy journey, us. We went to Arizona, our whole family, us three, four, me, my two sisters, my mom, we moved out there. My aunt moved out there 15, 20 years ago. I went up going to ASU, I went to Arizona State University, had okay. a full scholarship, like for broadcast journalism. So this is like what I, I used to, I used to love doing this, making the videos, and we went to Florida once for STN Convention Student Television Network, made a movie and all, cool. in Orlando. Okay. But uh, yeah, so my mom, we moved back. My mom gets a brain tumor and uh, they had to operate on that immediately. But that's just all them things like her, her getting all messed up. 
and then my dad dying. I was already kind of lost a little bit because okay. I went up moving. We moved to Arizona, you know, that's kind of weird. But, you know, you like it, you embrace it. I did. I listen, I embraced it to 100%. I was the prom king, I was the homecoming king in high school. Like, she'll tell you that's true. That really <laughs> happened. But, like, I had to move to Arizona to do that. <laughs> I couldn't do it in Philly. God's love, you know, if you look at it that way. Because yeah. I, in high school, I remember looking at the yearbook once, freshman year, and my boy Danny was the prom king. And I'm like, this is the real, I'm like, damn, I'm going to be the prom king one day. Never thought that would ever happen. But, and then with that, with, this, with the, 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 the broadcast, and when I first came to this new school, I'd never seen this before. We had the TVs in the classes, and the people would go, you know, and they would go on there every day. And, you know, the, they were morning like. Morning announcements. Yeah, like the morning announcements. So I remember one day I told my sister, I was like. I'm going to take them over one day. <laughs> and they were all like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, if I put my mind to it, I can. But that's old. You know, I forgot all about that. And then my mom wound up getting cancer. She had like all these problems. Just She has Cowden syndrome, so she has tumors all over her body. Okay. Whether or not to become a malignant is, you know, up for grabs. So then she gets like uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. Whole bunch of stuff happened in between, and then her dad introduced us to uh, to these to these ministries that like let you know they help people. Mm-hmm. And the one was New Life for Girls, so you know she worked close with she knows all the women up there. Mm-hmm. And then the one was for me Sunshine Ministries. It's a bunch of men, you know. It's the same thing. Now they're the one that most people know about. would be like Teen Challenge. Okay. What they do is they would take people who were like just broken. You know what I mean in every aspect. And put them back together piece by piece by piece. And, like, it works. Like, I've seen it. I've seen people just come from... And, like, so the thing is, is, like, all right, money. First thing people think when you think of God's love is I should be able to, to be like, yo, look, let me send this TV preacher 20 bucks. God's, he's got to bless me next month. Now, it doesn't work like that. Your heart has to be pure. God says, how does the scripture go? God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, like, everybody's called to be with God, you know what I mean? Whether or not you accept, you have to accept them in your heart. You got to accept that Jesus died, you know, that's the second part of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And then once you accept Jesus, you know, you'll, you'll see that you're supposed to be filled with the Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit. That's the third one. The Holy Spirit is what guides you through your day to day. Now, the best part about it, so my first sermon I went to write actually was on uh, saved or unsaved. Because so many people will believe once you're saved, that's it, over. I'm good forever. I'll accept God. Let me go smoke crack in the dumpster tomorrow. It doesn't work like that, though. Now, the Holy Spirit, though, will always stay with you. The Holy Spirit will still guide you. You know what I mean? You let the... All right, so another scripture is your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, how is the Holy Spirit supposed to live inside? I mean, how can God live in a house that's unclean? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you're doing the wrong thing, he's going to leave you. The Holy Spirit will still guide you, though. But you have to realize that. You can't think that it's you now doing it or it's going to be the devil that's doing it. You know what I mean? So if you're not accepting like, all right, that bullet didn't hit me because God loves me and he's got a purpose for me. Or you think, damn, oh my God, he's God. why would God let a bullet come into my house? And mm-hmm. my daughter was downstairs. All right, well, what if my daughter was upstairs standing next to the window? Like, I'm about to get upset because she does that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just nuts. So let me ask, can I just interrupt here and ask a question? Because Austin asked me yet just yesterday if I was saved. Who, you? Yes. So what does that mean? Like, I accept God. Mm-hmm. I believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I never went somewhere where somebody said to me, you have just now been saved. It's so easy to do, so actually. Do you have to have someone do that, or can you be saved you do on it your yourself. own? You can just do it yourself. That's the best part. The about... moment you accept God into your heart, then and you're saved. accept Him as your Savior. You're saved. Yeah. Okay. You you so like there's a way. All right, you would say there's like a whole. But you, you gotta be accept God. Well, that's getting baptized in the Spirit. Right. Right. You gotta accept God first. Mm-hmm. You you accept Him like she said. You gotta accept. You gotta believe though that Jesus died on the cross. That He defeated death though. That he rose again. That he defeated death. He beat Satan's ultimate conquest, which is to kill you. Jesus defeated that, and now the Holy Spirit lives in us. You know, you accept that, and then you say, you know, Jesus, please take over my life. Mm-hmm. Forgive me for my sins. Please forgive me for my sins. You know, you got to tell him I'm not perfect. Cry out your heart to him. You know, you just talk to him as if he was sitting right here next to you. And then you ask him, please come into my heart and just take over my life. I believe you died on that cross, and you rose from the dead. Please guide me. And that's it. Now, But now the thing is, all right. 
so now in the Bible, it's going to tell you repent and be baptized. You know, now you need to repent for your sins. Mm. You need to turn away from the sin. You know, now it's conscious. Now you know. After you, that's why I love telling people, after you do that, you accept God. Now that's not all me. You know what I mean? I can only help you as much as I can now. I need you to accept God and do the rest yourself. You take a step, God will take a hundred. You know, it's real. Do you want to share? Okay. Austin really gets into this, so he's just taking it all in. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. So you found God, you've been saved, and your life now is... I'm, now you got to live it though. Yep. So like I get convicted. That's why I said about the cigarettes, you know, ask her every time I smoke a cigarette, every time I take a puff of the jewel, every time I chew dip, mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, you know, God has convicted me. And it actually hurts. Like if you truly believe in God, you actually get upset. And I'm like, damn. And then you feel condemned. But here's the thing about being a Christian. It's you're not condemned. You feel condemned. God condemns the sin. Jesus steps in the way and he's like, nope, like I already died for you. Like, ask me to forgive you. I'll forgive you. How many times does Jesus forgive somebody? The Bible says 70 times seven. That's a lot of times, huh? Yeah. But it's like, you can't use that and be like, all right, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> yeah. Yo, forgive me. That's like Catholicism. You go and I don't, but for real, you go into the, 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 the thing, Confessional. you know, mm -hmm. father, forgive me, but Jesus already died. Do it the same, the he already same died. The tomorrow. veil's been torn. You know what I mean? When he resurrected, right, and it says it in the Bible. So anything that I'm saying, this ain't, this is not me. It says very end of every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the veil was torn. You know what I mean? When Jesus died, he said, what, what did he say? It is finished. Mm -hmm. He died, the veil, now everything shook, the veil tore, you know, because you, you used to have to go before a veil, you would lay your sacrifice, you know what I mean? And then they will come, they would, it would, it's an offering. They would slaughter it, you know, at first they will bless it. They would ask for their sins to be forgiven, the priests and the Levites. They will be forgiven for their sins. Now they're going to do atonement, you know, the day of atonement. Mm -hmm. They're going to do atonement for all their people. So now I just gave you a cattle. You killed my cattle. Now I'm saved for the year. That's Old Testament, though. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't even – I'm just getting in the zone. You got me going. No, no that's okay <laughs> because, like, I'm, I'm back and forth because you talk about confession in, in the Catholic Church. You went to confession, okay. so it was second grade. Yeah, communion. Second grade, you're doing confession first, then you're doing communion, and mm -hmm. you literally stood in the line. You were scared to death to go in there, and you didn't know what you were going to say, so you asked the person in line behind you, what are you going to say? And you literally made stuff up. Because you're not doing nothing Because wrong. you're not. At that age, at second grade, what am right. I doing? Like, oh, I was not nice to my mom. I picked on my <laughs> sister. You know, and they say, say three Hail Marys, and, uh -huh. and everything's good. And then as you get older... I was just, and probably through high school, I did confession, and that's probably the last time I did confession. But as I got older, I thought, God's going to forgive me. Why am I, why do I feel like I need to go tell a priest? Why yeah. can't I just talk to God Go directly myself? to him, yeah. So that's one of the things I didn't believe in in the Catholic mm -hmm. Church. I'm like, I'm just not going to go to confession. I believe that God will forgive me. And so I was in church one day, and he was given his homily. And at the end, he said, if you are in this church right now, and you are a true Catholic, you will follow every rule. You will not pick and choose what you want to believe and what you don't want to believe. So you're mm -hmm. truly not a Catholic if you're not following all the rules. And I remember saying to myself, well, then I'm not Catholic because I'm not going to go to confession anymore. And I didn't go back. <laughs> wow. And it wasn't because I didn't want to tell the priest what I was doing wrong because I didn't do anything that crazy. Like, I didn't kill somebody or anything like that. Right. But I was just like, I have this connection with God, and I'm sure he's going to forgive me. Mm -hmm. And so I've really stopped being that Catholic mm -hmm. at that point. And then when all this stuff hit the news, then it was just like, wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, the church is saying you have to... A go to a priest because he's like the middleman. I don't believe there's a middleman between mm. me and God anymore. Exactly. And he, I don't need his blessing because exactly he has this power to forgive me for God. But what is he doing like, behind you know, closed doors? And I'm trying what not is the to judge, doing? like you know, whatever. That's your choice. Mm. But me personally, I'm going to talk to God. Yeah. And and that's where my whole Catholic background just. I believe everything, that, and I just was like, I can't, I can't do confession. Was mm -hmm. that your last day in that I church? I did not go back to that church. Wow. After that, wow. and then to your point, it, religion isn't a church, right? Like we had a podcast with Pastor Todd, and he said the same thing you said. It's not about the church; it's a relationship. It's yeah. not a religion; yeah. it's a relationship. Yeah. And I talk to God every day, right? And I try to be to do the best that I can, and mm -hmm. so this is really interesting. And I like that you're passionate about it because you, you're young people. Mm -hmm. 
and and people um talk we talk about that like it's great that people young people are talking about god you come down there every week you were saying prayer yesterday um with with the one lady and you know and that's good yeah like people don't expect that yeah and i think it's because we grew up in such rough circumstances like i think he definitely doesn't want to highlight that but we really did we grew up in a major metropolitan city everything to your disposal Mm -hmm. not a lot of guidance or you know and there were churches but we didn't really like go where we weren't a part of one he was when he was younger but when he started to go into his teenage years like you really yeah so i just because then it's survival right right exactly literally and you don't have that guidance. So I think that's kind of where like his passion comes from is that like he wants to, he wants to show people like, okay, God is here. He loves you and he's going to work in your favor. You just have to, you know, you just have to love him and accept him into your heart and, you know, follow his Holy spirit. So, and it's good that young people are starting to talk about this. Austin's just learning about it now. I mean, he's just learning. (laughs) He's just learning. He's just learning. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And I don't look at it as I was a terrible parent that he doesn't know. Right. Because he's learning now and he's making a decision now. Well, yeah, Yeah. that's the Bible even tells you. You know, that's it's it's just it's got to be. It says uh, so when people say when's the world gonna end, right? Well, it says the world won't end until it says this gospel will be preached to every nation and every kingdom, and then the end will come. So obviously it's not, but so we were just talking about this today though. I'm like, yo, what if the end is really near? I'm like, sometimes I'm, of that. I'm in church. <laughs> yeah. And I'm listening to the things they're saying and then I'll read the Bible. And then I'm like, no, wait, there's no way it's already that close. Cause like, it'll tell you, you know, it, you know what I'm, you understand what but I mean? But what is close? Is it 10 years? Like a is it a hundred years? And you right. just, everybody keeps saying, yeah. but when I was younger, everybody said, oh, this world is so terrible. Don't bring kids into this world. Right. This world's going to exactly. end. And right. 50 and years later, we are, here we are. Saying exactly. the same and thing. We're saying this, it can't get yeah. any worse than this. Like you right. hear about the floods, <laughs> you hear about the weather, you right. hear about the war, the pandemic, there's going to be an illness that's going to yep. wipe out. Right. Like, everything's in the Bible. And we're thinking, oh my gosh, yes. like, how close and then i pray god i don't want to be here on that list i know i know please save me first you could be here though i know yeah that would be good though if you were here that means it means you're you're going with them (laughs) she doesn't you're going with them though (laughs) well i'm going up i'm watching people go down i don't know i don't know how that that day is going to be you don't know i don't want to be here for it but because there's two different you got the tribulation which is for the thousand years of the unbeliever when he comes Mm -hmm. So check it, right? This is the way, this is how I, I think it's going to look. This is how it says it's going to look. It's supposed, the skies are supposed to open up, right? And then you're supposed to hear the trumpet and then the chariots, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's going to come and he's going to take his people. That's going to be a good day. I always say he's going to come with a fish rod. He's going to be like, and then and what he's going to reel me in. What about that person what about, that's not going? Yeah, what was oh, it? Oh, so for that person years? who does, yeah, the tribulation, then they got to live on hell on earth for mm-hmm. a thousand years. Can they make up that time and go? That's to the whole purpose. Yeah. So you're supposed to turn to God, and then now when the thousand years is over, you're with God. But the thing is, it's like for the story of Job. Well, no, not like that. But anyway, so what I'm saying is, is yeah, that thousand years you're gonna suffer, but at the end of the thousand years you're gonna go to heaven. But now you're gonna have to praise God in these tough times. Instead of mm-hmm. these tough times, you're gonna have them tough times because now you're really being tested because He's only gonna take say five people. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying hypothetically. You know, it's going to be, you're all getting, you got a million people now who are like, I can't live like this forever. I believe in God now. Well, now you're going to suffer for a thousand years. He's going to be there. He's going to, isn't he supposed to rule? Or Satan's supposed to take complete rule? I don't read Revelation a lot. Oh, well, you know what? I just started reading Revelation, <laughs> okay, actually. Okay, we're going to have to have an update. But, yeah. yeah. So that's how, I mean, so basically you're going to have a thousand years of hell. And there's going to be weeping, gnashing, and teeth. It's going to be all messed up. But now that's when you're in hell. For them, thousand years is going to be messed up for the unbeliever. But if you're a believer, you're going to be good. That's why every day when I first wake up, I thank the Lord, forgive me for my sins. At the end of the night, say the same thing. But then during the day, you know, you just turn away. Like the cigarette thing, I'll take, what did I, I took four puffs maybe. I can't even smoke a whole cigarette. I can't get in, you know, it's like a, it's supposed to be like, you know, a whole vibe. But I, as soon as I, as soon as I go like this, I'm like, nope. Every time, dip. You don't, when we're down there doing our thing, I don't ever smoke. 
I don't chew never, my I didn't tobacco. Know you smoked at all. Yeah, I, don't, I only knew you chewed because the one day you were spitting, and you told me. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, he didn't. I never saw you with a cigarette. Because it's like at some at a point it gets emba- it's like embarrassing, and then if I told you who I used to be, you'd be like, you really think that that's embarrassing? Damn, God must be real. See, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know your past, but I would never well, judge. So I well, would yeah, never you know, just like, like just yeah. living, grow, you grow up in yep. the city. I grew yep. up in Philly, like in this, like people will say, yeah, I'm from Philly, but they're not. I have yet to really ever personally meet a person who, most people, if you live in Philly, there's no reason to leave. Why leave? So they don't leave. And then when they do leave, they'll go to Florida. You know what I mean? They're not going to go to York. It's, there's just no point. So, like, out here, the projects, to me, I'm like, damn, you know, I got a house on a hill, a brick house on a hill. It's really what I say. I, but I don't really say that. But yeah. I'm like, we got to get out of here. But I'm like, damn. Because Philly's but we work. I mean, we got to yeah, pay to live there. It's just a whole nother level. It's not like we live there for free. We, most people will live there for free, but they do it according to the income. It's just, if you look at it for us, there's only three of us. Up until Friday, There, it was, like, just... Relaxing. There's mm-hmm. nobody outside ever. It's it's. I've never had it at my own house with a yard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's terrible though because then the kids here are growing up, say kids in poverty, and they're like, all right, you know, women, young girls. All right, well, if I have a baby when I'm 18, then I can just move to the projects, and my boyfriend can live with me, and he'll make the money. Into like, and to them, that's normal. Because mm-hmm. it's a nice. They don't see anything above it. That's what I say about York, you know, it's, everything's here for you too, but only to a certain extent. I mean, when you have people getting off the bus station at the bus depot and like at least 35% of them are coming and taking stuff from us and they really need it, mm-hmm. you could tell they need it. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. So you got reform and then you got progression. What we're doing right now is just reformative. How do we make it progressive? You know, we got to be able, like for me, what I want to do, get out there and give the word to people, you know? But there's like they gotta accept it. So what we're doing is a perfect platform. It's per it's exactly how it is, you know. Mm-hmm. There's just ways that it can be extended. Like I would like somehow like my friend, he's got a he runs the ministry. He's like, yeah, we can umbrella you for the five hundred one c three. You could be a five hundred one c three under us. So you know that's gives me the platform to receive donations. So mm-hmm. it's like, but then what we do down there. I don't think we really want to put the word out there because then, you know, it's going to be people who are going to come that don't necessarily need it. People trying to hassle. Yeah, it's a really unique. They don't like progression. Yeah, it's a really unique system. Isn't it? That down there, it, it's really unique. It's a good mm-hmm. thing and you meet a lot of people, but it's very low key. And anytime you talk about like, let's make this bigger. Right. <laughs> it scares them. It's almost yep. like it, it scares them to grow and to learn. Mm hmm what that's about we're going to do a podcast we're going to get mike and carrie to do a podcast to just not even promote it and i said we're not promoting it we're just making people aware yeah. what it's like to be homeless because yeah. people that live in the suburbs even including myself i never I knew no clue like you just knew they were homeless people under the bridge it was an eye-opener when austin and i went in there that that's one nice. day and it was like we never experienced that before and to right. them now that's normal yes that's why it's so hard to, for them to get the help Think about that. You're coming from your house. Like, say, for instance, you know, you're in your house. You got a beautiful bed. You know, you just ate a nice breakfast, drank a nice cup of coffee, got in your nice car with your nice clothes on for us. You know what I mean? And then we get on there and we talk to these people who have nothing. They don't even trust us enough to even say, like, can I have that water? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They don't even want to ask. That's why you see half of them, they just come around and they stare. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what to do. And there's not even a line. Like, yesterday when you were talking to that guy... There, a couple people came and they were just, they just stand there because they don't even know they're so in their head. They're, they're, they're condemning themselves for their sin. They don't know that though. They're not, God loves you. Look, if half them people came, came around any of the people that we knew, that's the thing. They would help them a thousand percent, but they, they don't trust us enough. So that's why we're out there with them. It's like, that's how I feel. Like we got to get out there. We get in there with them. We're talking to them. How, what can I get for you? Like, we'll be down here next Saturday. Look, you need a haircut. We'll be down here. We'll make sure you get one. What do you need, a backpack? All right, that's only one person, but that lady who came, she's got a kid. Now, he's only 18. Now, what if his mom died tomorrow from an overdose, right? He's never going to know that life can be better. To him, he's probably going to be homeless for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. That's his, He's got his mom next to him in spirit, whether he's in his wheelchair or not. You know, so it's nice when you see people like that, when you can actually... And then she's like... Because then when she pulled me to the side, she was telling me, she was like... Yeah, you know, I just, she was like, I want to go away. 
she's like, but I can't tell him that mm-hmm. because then he feels like he's a burden, you know? So mm-hmm. she's like, I just wish he would just go away so I could go away, you know? But she won't tell him that. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he's protecting her while they're out there. He thinks it's normal. Yeah. He doesn't think, oh, my mom needs help. I could be a he burden. Just, yeah. yeah, he just thinks like, yo, I got to take care of my mom and I'm in a wheelchair right now. How am I doing that? So then you don't want to do nothing. You just want to sit there and chain smoke all day or do drugs all day and yep. live in a stupor. But like what we're doing, we're out there letting these people know. So, I mean, it's we're doing it's in our personal lives. That's why I always say I want to be as transparent as I can possibly be because I want people to just be able to just take the help. So like I can't smoke cigarettes, I can't shoot tobacco, I can't curse, you know what I mean? And it's the hard, it's hardest thing I've ever done, mm-hmm. but it's progression, not perfection, you know what I mean? Every day I try to be a little better, yeah. but I don't try, I actually do it, you know what I mean? Trying is lying. I am a better person. Every day when I go to sleep, I know I like I'm good. I like that, trying is lying. Yeah, I say trying is lying. Either you do or you don't, will or you won't. It's the truth. I'm trying, babe, I was trying to do the dishes or, no, I got my lazy behind up off the couch and did the 10 dishes real quick before you got home from work. No, well, I tried to do the dishes, but, you know, I stepped in cat throw up, so I had to clean it up and I forgot all about them. <laughs> Good example there. Ask her. Our her. cats throw up a lot, so. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just being sarcastic. Okay. I just try oh, to do gosh. my best. So, Matt, before this podcast, before the recording, you told us you had a dream. Tell us, tell the audience what your dream is. What, like the goal of mm-hmm. what everything we're doing? Um, so my eventual goal, I say, I always say it looks like 10 years from now, you know what I mean? Like I want to have like a property, like some type of land, like even if it's like an acre or two, but something that the land, but it's not, I always say this, right? I'd be like, I say, God, I don't want to be rich to be rich. Cause ask her, yo, look, I am, I used to be broke. Say I could just say, for instance, I slept in a dumpster for six days and now I can have, I can work, make money, and not even spend a dollar. So anyway, what I'm getting at, I always say, I don't want to be, for me, I want it for the people. Because I feel like I could distribute it and just help the right people who want. Anyway, so I want to have like an acre or two of land, you know what I mean? Have a property on there. But the property could be shit. So the people that come, though, say for these people that we meet, yesterday guys telling me, yo, look, I can do carpentry, I can do this, but I ain't got nowhere to stay. All right, bro, look, come over my house. Not my, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Come over to the property. You can stay here. We got a little area for you. Stay here as long as you want. We got food for you every day. We're going to talk about God. You know what I mean? But you need to just help us build it up. Give. You're not giving it to us, though. This is for God, you know? That's how I look at it. So get a crappy little property, maybe on land. Give me land with a bunch of trees. You know, we'll make it happen. So uh, build it up. Nice little nice little area for, for men to come that maybe say they have kids, right? But they love, even if they don't young you know young men they don't they just don't know what they're doing with their life maybe they messed up maybe they're drug addicts maybe you know i don't necessarily want to take prisoners but say pri- people who i'm not not like a home plan not nothing like that mm-hmm. not that people who will come there on their own free will not because they're being forced to or because it's a it's an it's a second choice mm. you know say so me and you and our friends were out there and we're like you know we got this place all right cool they come you know, you don't have to, you know, I don't, I don't want you smoking in the house. You know, if you want to smoke, go outside and smoke. No smoke. You know what I mean? Like stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's like you're practically living Christianity, but it's, you're, it's a for God. You're doing it. You understand the concept of God. You know what I mean? And that's it. And then like, so then when I get deeper and I'm like, all right, because 10 years, I'll only be 40. Shit. Have like a, have like a education for these kids. So they know like the first, the first choice is, is just. You can't hang around these people who are taking you in the wrong way. Your parents are teaching you the right thing. So have like little centers for these kids. Go play. Like they have that York space open up soon. What's it called? The one we want to take the canal yeah, to. Yeah, it's York Kid Space or something. The place right there on uh, on George. Uh, kids create space. You know what I'm talking okay, about? Okay, I've never heard of it. Where the it's, armory the armory used to be. Yeah. Oh, 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 right over the bridge here. Right mm-hmm. across yeah. from Central Family Restaurant. Yeah. Kinsley's doing part of that. So, like, something like that, like, that's okay. beautiful. That's going to be so good for the kids, you know what I mean? Get them off the streets, get them in mm-hmm. doing something productive. Get them see, you could do something, you know? Maybe you could play the piano. Maybe you could hit a baseball good. Learn something. So that's after we help the adults first. But that's what I would like to do, you know? Because they already have them for women and children, like, everywhere. So now, fathers and children, that'll never happen. You know what I mean? There's too much. You don't want men, kids. That's too much. So we're just going to help these men. You know what I mean? Come. 
most of the time, if you find a man on the street, more than likely, he's already given up on his family. He just doesn't believe it yet. You know what I mean? So, come, we'll help you. Go back out on the street. Why is not... that? Because that guy I was spe- speaking with yesterday, that's basically what he said. Like, he gave everything up. You know, he had a nice house and his wife. and He said his wife was doing drugs. Oh, he didn't tell me that part. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes people, you, you can only hear their story and believe so much. Okay. And So, this one guy told me once... He told me, uh, you can't have, you necessarily don't want to form the, that bond like you're bullshitting me. I know you're lying to me, so I'm not going to give you help until you tell me the truth, you know? So just you believe them. You just go with it because I'm only trying to offer you what God offered me. Nothing more, nothing less. So I can't be hurt. How are you going to hurt me? Okay. You know what I mean? So even if you do the wrong thing, you're doing that to yourself. If you're lying to me, you're deceiving yourself. I'm just giving you what God gave me. It's free. You know what I mean? Even when you okay. go to jail, the first thing they give you in jail is a Bible. There's got to be a reason for that. I mean, there is a reason. Yeah. Because the Gideons people made free Bibles, and that's how they gave them out. <laughs> <laughs> and but, then they you know, started to read them. Yeah. So, but that's beautiful. Okay, that's So, your yeah, goal. that's what I want to do. I want to just... So, like, with what we're doing down here now, um, eventually, I don't know how, but I would like to become, however the situation happens, a 501c3 us to get you know you need a board you need a board to do that right mm-hmm. we have a board we already got five people who we know no one's in it for selfish intentions nobody's in it without experience for the field that they want to do you got because we're giving god's love we all say oh i want to help the homeless i want to do this for my dad you know well now we've all been affected by god's love that's the thing mm-hmm. all of us have been affected now the situation that may have occurred for us to get to that point sucks God, in the Old Testament, you know, he took Abraham and he told him, you know, right, Isaac and Abraham? Mm -hmm. He was like, I want you to take your son and sacrifice him because I want you to show me that you love me. And he was like, I love you. He was getting ready to hit his kid with the axe. And the Holy Spirit came, well, no, God, this is when it was God. And he was like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. You're my faithful servant. Now that's his friend. Because God only had how many friends? Two, Moses and Abraham. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he, he obeyed. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You know what I mean? So I, I, we were talking to one day, and it's like two hours. Like how many hours are in a week? How many hours are in a day? 24. You're down there for two hours. It's like one-twelfth of your entire day. Yep. Just to go out there and just say, hey, what's up? You want a bottle of water? Wow. Change, you could completely change somebody's whole outlook on life. Oh, yeah. Because I know when I when there was then people that would come, you know, you would never trust them at first. But then, like, after you see them nine, ten consecutive, say, Saturdays in a row, you're like, all right, cool. You know what? Yo, can you please help me? It's about to get me upset because, for real, that's, that's what it takes. It takes that consistency. You know what I mean? Like how Jesus was consistently going out and giving parables to people and teaching these people just about God's love. You know what I mean? So, like... It's like self-sacrificing, but it's not sacrifice. It's just being obedient. For me, it's being obedient. If I didn't do it, what if you're sitting on your deathbed, right? And the only thing that's around you is is all them opportunities that you missed on your deathbed. Because what do you think you're going to think about when, before you go to sleep? Missed opportunities, things you didn't do. You know what I mean? All them missed opportunities. I could not die like that. So at this rate, I'll be immortal. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going anywhere. No, and how many of those people down there say, God bless you? All of them mostly, don't they? Like, they they truly Mm -hmm. believe. I mean, what got me the one time was the one girl was in addiction, and she shared her story. I went and bought her an outfit because that's just what I do, Mm -hmm. because I felt like I had a connection with her. And she said the one day, you, not just to me, but to Mm -hmm. all of us standing there, you people make me feel like we're one big family. You love me more than my own family loves me. You don't judge me. I can come here and you you treat me like I'm your daughter, I'm your sister. I can't even get that from my own family. And that made me feel wow. good, not because because that's what we want them to think. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to be afraid. But to your point, yeah. Matt, some of them do. Like, they just, like, get shy. They, they don't know what to say. They yeah. don't know what we're thinking. They don't know. They and, think you're out there for ulterior reasons. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get some. I want that little bit that you got in you, that little bit of security. I'm trying to take it from you. That's what they think. The whole thing that even got me started in York, right? So I ride that rail trail out there. And I'll, this is like in the dead of winter, right before Christmas. I ride every day. So I'm out there pedaling away. And I see smoke under the bridge. I'm like, oh, shit, something's on fire. And I look under there, and there's a dude in a hammock under the bridge on the rail trail right on the north. 
ride past them the first time, come back, still there. Next day, and I mean, it, it's now one point I come back and the snow had just gone away. And the, the dude still out there, but there was a beautiful, like all this, the water trickling down at the, the area that he just so happened to be at. So I was like, oh, I want to check this out. And I went over and I was like, you know, yo, do you need anything, bro? Well, at first I didn't say anything. I drove home. I remember I called you. I was like, I just seen this homeless dude over there. I was like, and he like had his shoes off and his socks off and he's like warming his feet in the fire. And I'm like, I got to make, I got to go give him something. You know what I mean? At least I bag it as some socks or so I made him up a little bag, some clothes. I went to take it to this guy. I pull up on him and I'm like, yo, I don't even know what I said. I was just like, yo buddy, you living down here? And he was like, oh, I don't want no problems, man. You know, I don't want no mm-hmm. problems. I'm just chilling. Blah, blah. I'm like, look, dude, it's not, I'm not, look here, this is for you. This is just some clothes. Look, some socks. Like I was showing him, here's some hand warmers. Like here's some food. He's like, no, man, I don't want no problems. Just take your stuff. I'll leave. I'll leave. I'm like, bro, look, no, it's not like that. And I told him some things and mm-hmm. never saw him again. Like, so they get scared because most of the time somebody will come and they'll pump fake you. They'll be like, yeah, let me help you with all this. You'll come back the next day. The bridge is gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's messed up. Yep. That's just like human capitalism being, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just messed up for the people that just don't know any better. My dad did tell me that one time because we used to live right around the corner from the projects, right? In Philly, my dad did at least. And they used to always come around. I don't mean they, you know, just people from the projects would come around to our house and they would, you know, steal our stuff, our bikes, beat us up, blah, blah, blah. Now say, for instance, that's just how their, ju- that's just how their life is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they, don't they know surround themselves with that's how it is they might steal your bike but then you might just walk around their house and it's right out front and you just be like yo i'm grabbing my bike bro we live in the projects now i see mm-hmm. it happen mm-hmm. these little boys will come up they'll take it they'll ride it all day yo what's up can i they'll drop it run away and then i'll sit and talk like listen buddy just come and ask if you ask you can ride that bike whenever you want and now word listen that little kid will he'll knock 10 times in the same hour <laughs> he'll ride the bike around the block one time bring it back it, leave come back five minutes later hey can i ride the bike go ahead so it's like so they will come they well, people will come they would steal our stuff long story short um but what i'm saying is so he said because they just don't know better they weren't told any better matt you know, there, yep. he did teach me a couple gems. She's always right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, seriously. He, he told Good. me that when she was pregnant. I remember she kicked me out. She was pregnant, kicked me out of the house. I'm talking to my dad, Dad, what do I do? I was leaving his house, and he was like, Matt, no matter what, whenever you argue, she's always right. She's always right. I'm like, shit, how am I going to do that? He's still trying to learn that, too. <laughs> Not a fully learned lesson yet. So, yeah, some people just don't know better. They don't know about God. They have the wrong idea. But when we're out there every week and we're just out there, just out there, that's all we're doing. We're just hanging out. Really what we're doing, they shouldn't let us. We're just chilling. We're having fun. Yeah, we you do have I mean? fun. And we talk about God. Like I mm-hmm. asked the question today to someone. I said, I have to ask you a question. Please don't take it personal. Do you believe in God? And he said, uh, and I didn't push it on him. I just said, well, I believe in God. And there's a reason that you're here today. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're not the first person to tell me that. No kidding. And And my friend that walked up today that I've been friends with, he didn't believe in God. And I was on the back porch with some addicts in a meeting. It was not really, a, it wasn't an official meeting, but it was literally on the back of the porch. And he said, I don't know if I believe in God. And I said, he said, do you? And I said, if I don't believe in God, I'm never going to see my son again. Mm-hmm. And I, that will break my heart. I have no reason to live if I don't believe in God. And so I took him to dinner Wednesday night and I said, I, I got to ask you this question. Because he's he's doing good. Um, he, he had some relapses or whatever. And we were talking. I said, there's only one question. We were talking about how we met. And he said, you were very impactful that night. Like you were there with a bunch of people you didn't know. You shared your story. You, talk, you talked about God to me. And I said, so I just got to ask, do you believe in God? And he said, absolutely. And I said, so do you believe in a higher power or do you believe in God? And he said, I believe in God. Wow. And I just, like, I just smiled and yeah. I said, I'm not going to take credit for that. You found God yeah. in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, but I'm glad for you. Yeah. And he said, it means a world of difference to me. Wow. That's awesome. And so it's just like, Amen like downtown that, when you just, you just ask them, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to push it on to your point. Like you don't right. push it on them. You just ask the question. Right. Do you or don't you? Cause I do. Right. And mm-hmm. I believe you're here for a reason. Right. 
Right. It's like it's like you know how they do like compound marketing. You know, one plus one is two plus two is four plus mm-hmm. four is eight. And like you spread God. Look, I give you God. You give it to two people. They give it to four, and it just keeps going. One day it won't be able to go any further, and then we'll all be gone. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just thinking about what you said earlier. How yeah. quick is this gonna happen? Look, I know. Let's slow it down a little bit. I don't want to be here. When you find that last person, don't tell them about them. Just keep them. With <laughs> <laughs> we'll tight. talk later. For real. They say it's like America. It's, well, no, they don't say that. It's the best kept secret because that's the truth. Everyone mm-hmm. says, when's the world going to end? Well, once that last person hears about the name Jesus and they believe him, then he's just going to come. Seriously, that's really what it, it sounds nuts, but that's really what I believe. I mean, you have to. And you're just going to come right now. <laughs> Matt keeps looking up with ears. He's like, do I hear it? Because <laughs> you, well, you got to feel it. You know, to talk, you know, you got to. That's just what I think. So okay, that's I think fair. we're good. Okay, we're good. Anything else before we wrap this up? It's oh, been I just want to say. Yep. All right, so I've been talking to I've been talking to one of my friends, right? And he there was this this show on Netflix called The American Gospel, right? So before he watched, right? So necessarily me and this man, you know, we always knew each other, and we used to kind of work close together, and um, uh, you know, we just didn't work as close as we could have worked. So um, we finally, you know, we've reconnected. And um, so before I actually watched it, we went, me and him went to church together before he told me about it. We all, our families went. And he was like, you know, watch this. So when we're in the car driving home one day, I'm like, he's changed so much. It's almost just like, he just, he just looks at things. I don't even know what, how I was saying it, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm, so we get home and then we watch it and then I'm talking to him about it. And he, was, he tells me, he's like, yeah, man, that, that uh, show changed my whole outlook. And this is a pastor What's who's been the, the American, American gospel. gospel. Now this is a well credit like well credited pastor. He's you know well you know big deal. So uh, he's like yeah, hey, it changed my whole outlook. Like so people are like learning how they're learning completely all about God, right? But they're not learning the word of God. They're learning do good deeds and good things will happen. Do the right thing and the right thing will happen. You know what Believe I mean? it and receive it. Like the like the energy. The the okay. now that's true. Because I believe that also. Energies. We're all energy balls. You know what I mean? Metals. All that weird stuff. But then God is the ultimate one. You know what I mean? Like whether whether or not he is the sun. Whether he's the sphinx in Egypt. You know what I mean? Whether he's just the air we breathe. You know what I mean? It's it's God. So that's. It's almost like they're they're diluting God and they're, to fit our American lifestyle. Yes. To fit like, like you're doing the right thing even though you're not. Yeah. I'm getting you to, I'm giving out all these stimulus checks and now you are all paying taxes that you wouldn't have even paid in the first place had I not give you this check. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> American gospel. So you think that they're doing the right thing. They're like, oh yeah, they're letting us get money, free money. You know, to the people who are getting the free money and then in real out reality, it's, that's not, they're, somehow, some way, they're, they're going to get you. That's not in this documentary either oh no yeah that's not it but anyway so yeah the whole thing was just about it was about how they're 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 diluting god's love it's almost like they're taking the bible but they're keeping they're taking god out of the bible and they're giving you the bible just calling it a book instead of calling it the bible do does that make any sense yeah that all that's interesting we'll have to look into yeah american Um, gospel it's great so that's what he told me and I'm like, so that's that's something I wanted to say. So like, when we're out there and we're doing the right thing, we're doing, but it's like, once we take it that little tiny step further, and we just we're like, God, everybody says it back, do they not? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're always scared because we can't let it be known because then they'll declare us, oh, that's a religious sect, mm-hmm. and that's not what we are. You yep. know what I mean? We're just a group of people just trying we to have help. different beliefs. I mean, we had the conversation about confirmation just yesterday. <laughs> like we all have different beliefs exactly. down there and we don't, I mean, to stand there and have that conversation was interesting to me mm-hmm. because we're also taught all the time. You don't bring up religion when you're in groups of people, right? Because it can cause conflict, religion but, yeah. or politics. <laughs> yeah. Politics as well. I, I really don't go in the political scene, but I'm okay yeah. talking about God. Right. Like I don't, Good. I'm not uncomfortable that makes me happy. with that. You know, I asked that guy, I mean, Matt and I talked, he texted me, can I talk about God on the podcast? I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We've learned a lot of talking. You're the third person. We had my cousin who's a pastor and we had a friend of theirs, father come that was a pastor and we have you and you are studying to be a pastor, yeah. right? So like, I'm like, you get curriculum every, mm-hmm. 
I'm waiting on my curriculum, my next curriculum. Good. Now, technically, in my eyes, well, not really, but I kind of have already done all the curriculum, like, twice. So it's more so, like, when am I spiritually ready? Interesting. So it's, like, in the process, it's it's actually, it's just, it's become a passion. Because at first it was like, all right, I just want to see, like, if this could help me. And then it was like, oh, well, now I have no other choice. I need, you know, I need God now. And now it's like, I just love God. Now it's, you know. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. letting me come over here. No, and do you're this welcome. We can do it again. There's so many different avenues that we can go it through. It didn't take that long. Um, it's fun. Like, yeah. it's not stressful. People get nervous. And to your point, we didn't know where this conversation was going to go. And when he texted me, like, what's the mm-hmm. topic? I'm like, whatever we talk about. <laughs> because it's real stuff. It's people everyday living. It's everybody has their own problems and, and issues and stories. Like, everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Anybody that says they don't and they think they live the perfect life, they have a story. Whether it's out there or it's yeah, not out there. Everybody. Everybody has a story. Yeah. And some people want and then, to share and learn. Like how you say, silence and the stigma. So you could have, for instance, somebody who's in the highest position possible, but you don't even know what's the truth what behind it. they're going through. But then you find out the truth, you know? But then, so do you still respect that person or do you not? If they weren't in that position of power, would you still respect that person if they were that person? You get what I mean? You're breaking yep. the stigma. Basically. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So silent, you're silencing the stigma. You know. What and I mean? there's so many stigmas. It's, it's so many. homelessness. People aren't aware of what homelessness is. I wasn't right. aware. I had no idea. Right. I learned who yeah. they are. I mean, before when you went down the street, when I would walk at work, everybody's like, "Be careful, those people living under the bridge." And I'd be like, "Okay." Like, and I would always be on alert. Right. Right. And now we're we're not working in the office. We occasionally go in, but the one girl said, "Be careful." Mm-hmm. And I'm like. I might know them. Yeah. yeah. I might be giving them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah. on Saturday and For Sunday. Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid anymore. Like, there you go. You have to be aware right. of your surroundings, and you, you don't want to welcome anything that you're not, you know, you're not putting yourself in. But really, yeah, right. when I said that, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I might be giving them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> yeah. on Saturday and broken. Sunday. If they come up and say, hey, Kathy, like, don't be alarmed. Like, yeah. they might know me. Yeah. Then it's the stigma. Yeah. It's totally the stigma. And now they'll might they your friends might look at it differently and be like, Oh, maybe there's well, they've donated to me. Like so, I have stuff in my go. car and they're like, wow. Kathy, when you go Perfect. downtown, like obviously we work for dental and we have toothpaste and stuff. She's like, I have a whole bunch of that stuff and I'm like, Yeah, mm. just bring uh-huh. it to me that's, and that's I'll awesome. absolutely take it downtown yeah. for you. So. so you're breaking the stigma right there by telling them, Look, I, w- I work with these people every mm-hmm. weekend and this is the conversations that I have and now they want to donate. Yeah, absolutely. And they're like, Okay here like they gave me coats last two weeks ago she's like yeah i have a bunch of coats for you i'm like thank you like that's beautiful you know and i said when you're taking a walk you may see that coat on somebody (laughs) yeah you don't know seriously then pandy gives out i see them all when i'm driving my fluorescent one (laughs) yeah i'll see people walking down the street and i'll be like ah (laughs) he helped them yeah but until we did that how many times did you look at people and say they're homeless, but they got that brand name jacket on. Exactly. Yep. Even myself, I would say that. Yeah, yep. you're right. And you can't have and that preconceived notion that they're, you know, buying it or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they don't have any money, but look, they're dressed to kill. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we started pulling those coats out and stuff, like our <laughs> first trip, oh, yeah, I'm like, the, the this is Under Armour, Carhartt. Like, yeah. Yeah. they're the name brand. Right. He pulled out a coach pocketbook. And right. I was like, holy cat, yeah. we're going to cause a fight here. Like these yeah, people right. be. So yeah. you see a homeless person walking down the street with their peanut butter and jelly and a coach purse. Yeah. And that's why <laughs> yeah. it was a that's donation. So yeah. I mean, He's think right. about it. Yeah. People He's are nuts. like, well, they're not spending their money the right yeah. way. They can't afford food, but they're carrying a coach purse. Yeah. How many people say to me, well, they're living outside their means. If they have to come down there and get your food, they need to get a job. And I'm like, well, and that's a whole other subject. You don't know what their circumstances why it's like, are. It's they might about, have a job. They yeah, just don't make their paying do. their bills. Right. Um, the one guy that comes down every week, he has a job. He's waiting to go back. He's a landscaper. Yeah, the guy with the things. Yeah. That, yeah. It's my, yeah, he's yeah, a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. And it's not that he can't afford. He's working. Yeah. He just falls short yeah. at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And that food that's there that helps, helps him pay his electric bill in the wintertime yeah. because he eats that. But how many times do people say it? There's so many jobs around here. Me included. I'm like, I don't understand me how these too. young yeah, people too. are homeless. Like, there's so many jobs. They don't have a license. Yeah. They don't even have ID. They don't yeah. even know how to get a social security card. Right. Like, all that stuff. Right. So, yeah, then that's the thing. It's like, so when, like, people have that, 
you look at them like you're better than them. Or, I don't know, like how you said, oh, well, they got a coach person, but they're homeless. How could you be homeless? Blah, blah, blah. No, what was I getting at? Oh, it's not about them, though. It's about you. What have you done to help them? So it's like, do you keep it reformative or do you get progressive? We could stand down there and give out coach purses every week, or we could go and we could, you know, have a place for these people to go, or, or we could be able to have a 501c3, for instance, and all right, I'll write you the check to go get your ID, you know, the money order, have it already pre-done, and then at the end of the year, the 501c3 will get that back, you know? Mm -hmm. But So basically now the government's helping you through us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yep. it's not about what you got. It's about what did I do to help you? Yep. Like how could, I, how could you sit there and judge the next man? What did I do to help you? And then they'll be like, well, what did they do to help me? Well, God will help you if you just ask them. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to do, Lord. That's what I always, when people say well, they don't know what to do, I just say, look, ask God to forgive you for your sins. Just say, please help me. I can't count how many times I've laid in bed in the past and just wrote it in a book, Lord, help me. And then three days later, the most beautiful thing happened. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. seriously. Yep. So for me, that's my personal thing. If I literally, like, if I write, have something and I write down, like, Lord, help me make this podcast the best one I've ever done. Never done. I'm just saying, for instance. Mm -hmm. And, like, something will happen where, you know, who knows what would happen. Yep. You, you get what I know. Yep, I get what you're saying. I can't think all the time. Okay. <laughs> Anything else before we wrap this up? Thank it's you very been much great. for having me. You're over welcome. Made me coming feel again. I Thank was you. Thanks for coming state along. Before I got here. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Till the next one. All right.